Originating from a secret underground bunker buried deep in the heart of Chicago's north side, two fans dare to defy the laws of man to bring you a podcast about the south side hitmen, the good guys who wear black. There's a sense of pride. Um, there's a sense of, of purpose. Azagian, by far. He was my favorite player. Of all time, it's Paul Canerco. I love the hot dogs. I love the grilled onions. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. 13 painful, painful years. <laughs> because good guys wear black. Good guys talk back. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to episode 33 of Good Guys Talk Back. Your Chicago White Sox podcast. It's blue collar. It's fan centric. I am Nick Morowski, and we are recording on Tuesday, July 30th, 2019, uh, right here at the beginning of game one of the Sox Mets uh, uh, here series, uh, the Welcome Back Todd Frazier series. Uh, let me bring in my co host, Jeff Julian. Hey, hey. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Not bad. Not bad. I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm just, I'm leaning into your theory <laughs> of just, just kind of just let these games just wash over you and uh, trying not to pay too much attention to the record or the games back and just trying to appreciate for any little good things that happen. And was that my theory? I, don't I thought know. my it was a pathetic. Theory. You had a real sad theory and I just, I thought my theory was to blame everything on Ricky and just well, call that it was day. part of it. I'll never lean into that. Uh, I'm going to stand by Ricky uh, throughout this season. And most episode next, 33, sure. guess who wore yeah. 33 for the socks? I thought James Shields. No, no, no. But I just realized my guy, Daryl Boston, Daryl Boston wore 33. Okay. In 1984, yeah. he wore number 33 for the White Sox. I was pouring over some 1980s uh, stats just because that's what I do in my spare time. <laughs> and he, man, Boston had some had some good runs. Yeah, uh, he really did. He can hit, man. The number 33 has an interesting history here. Steve Trout wore it sure. for the Sox. Uh, David Wells wore oh, it. Oh God, Aaron Rowand. Yeah. Then that means the outfield wall probably wore 33, too. Oh, for yeah. A while. There was some imprinted. Yeah. yeah. Edwin Jackson had oh, it on. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Axelrod. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Dylan Axelrod era. And your guy this year, uh, James McCann. Yeah, McCann. Although he's cooled somewhat. He's cooled. We'll get into that. <laughs> that was expected, but he has cooled. Uh, episode 33 here. Um, you know, last time we talked. Um, we were we were getting ready for the Minnesota series mm. and and that went horribly wrong, um, but we we really were wanting to to focus on the Lopez, uh, the Giolito, and the Cease. And tonight, you know, Lopez is is with his fourth start and he's right now he's in it um, against Syndergaard. I mean, it's a great matchup, and tomorrow's going to be a a great matchup as well. Um, the last three starts of this new Lopez, though, Jeff, uh, I think you'd agree. I mean, he is doing what he said he was going to do. I mean, this guy's coming in with, what what I say, 21 innings yep. pitched. I mean, just a handful of runs, yeah, four, four earned runs. Four earned runs, four walks, four and 25 walks. strikeouts. 25 strikeouts. I mean, you know, 
he, that Miami game, the last game he pitched, giving you eight innings, 10 strikeouts, four hits, two earned runs. He gave up that two run homer late in the game. Just, Oh yeah. You know, that mistake. I wanted pitch. to ask you, did uh, he now, did, did Ricky leave him in too long? No, I don't think so. What, what inning was that? The eighth? I, I think or? it was the eighth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was on cruise control. Okay. He really was. I yeah. mean, look at God, it. I mean, hurts. one walk. Yeah. And that's baseball though. You're going to have one pitch that gets exactly. away from you or, exactly. or you get a guy who knew it was coming and that's, that's part of this game. It, it, it is. And, and that's all that. Will, that was just a credit to the inept offense that we've been talking about for a while. Yeah. And then it carried through in the Minnesota series. I mean, you got to tip your hat to that guy. You know, he put it deep in the, in the left field bleachers, but uh, really impressed with Lopez uh, these last three starts. And, and I'm hoping we can get another quality start uh, tonight against the Mets. Yeah, the tough part for, for him is even even as he's been better, this feels like one of those games with, with Syndergaard on the mound where it's going to be real tough for Lopez to win a game like this because you're probably not going to get much offense from the Sox right. going up right. against Syndergaard. Right. And, and Lopez, even though he's been much better... He's typically the guy who needs two, three, four Correct. runs. Typically. The to, old Lopez. This is the new Lu- Lopez, though, right, Jeff. Right, uh, right, Yeah. The but new adventures of the old Lopez. I mean, let, let's be honest. Every single one of these starters, you know, right now needs four or five runs to feel comfortable. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, Giolito might be the only pitcher uh, on staff. Yeah. And maybe not yeah. not of recent yeah. memory, but... but Earlier in the season, I would say sure. he's a guy oh, who's capable of absolutely. winning a 1-0, 2-1 game. Absolutely. I mean, things are dipping a little bit for him. But, I mean, the offense, let's be honest, the offense has to pick up. And we're going to talk all about the DH a little bit uh, later oh, in this yeah. episode. Um, the offense just, man, it, it, we've gotten some friends that have come back on this team. I'm going to get uh, to that. Uh, but let's start with State of the Sox. Uh, Sox are 46-57. and 57. Um, troubling. I mean, 11 games under 500, uh, really haven't been playing good baseball, uh, 17 games back in the division, uh, 12 games back uh, of that second wild card again, kiss that wild card goodbye, but you know, still keeping an eye on that of how bad that falls. Uh, well, it's funny too. When you look at that, at the wild card rankings, there's a clear division mm-hmm, and it happens right. right at the white Sox yeah. because you go up to that next tier of teams and they're all maybe one, two, three, four, five, six games, yeah. and then it jumps to, yeah. to 12, and then it's the rest of the yeah. American League. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, it wasn't like that three weeks ago. No. Um, so 27 and 25 at home, which you know I'm, I'm kind of happy about. We, we were hemming and hawing about their home record uh, early right. in this season, and that needed to improve. So I saw, so, you know, silver lining there, and four and six in the last 10 games. Now, um, we were texting back and forth uh, on Sunday when the Sox just got absolutely pounded again by this Twins team. I mean, let's be honest. Twins are, you know, one of the most effective offensive teams in all of baseball, let alone the AL or the AL Central. Sox get pounded 11-1. to And uh, and you're, you know, texting me just, you know, (laughs) you made a comment just, and it really caught me off guard, but it was a good comment. It was, you know, this team gets pounded. Is there a stat we can find for how often this team just gets pounded? Yeah, just blown out. You know, just and absolutely 
no doubt blown out. No doubters. Yeah. I mean, just skunkers. And, you know, my reaction, I think, was just, well, run differential, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. and Sox are minus 113. Third oh, worst. Awful. Third worst in the AL. And I'm sure that stands for just about all of baseball. Negative 113 run differential. Yeah. You just, you're not going to win that way. But, but I mean, I, I look back over the schedule and, and, I just look at some of these some of these losses that are just lopsided, lopsided, yeah, nine to one, twelve to two, you know, fifteen to two, nine, you know, nine to two, nine nothing, eleven nothing, ten to two, eleven to one, and I just, I, I just think to myself, what, what is going on here? I mean, eight to one, seven to nothing, and we were also kind of texting back and forth too, like what, what constitutes a blowout at. At sure. what point? Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, is it five nothing? Is it yeah. six nothing? Seven nothing? Yeah. Whatever. But well, on just... Sunday it was five nothing right off the bat. Kobe right. gives up five runs in the first inning. Yeah, I mean twelve to one against the Nationals. Yeah, I, you know, and they now they've blown some teams out too. But yeah, clearly that that run differential shows it. And I just don't know. Again, we talked about this before. Is this just? Is this a symptom of a team that's just not there yet, or is it? coaching managing is it is it players is it bad pitching yeah it's probably all those things it's it's really all of those and after we recorded uh last week and you know i kind of was sitting with the whole conversation um you know and we we, we kept talking you know after we had uh, turned the mics off it, what it really is is just we're not there yet this team is not there yet and it's so frustrating when you are with this team day in and day out, pitch by pitch, and you've been with them forever, but you've been really paying attention, you know, since 2017 with this with this rebuild and, and, and how the farm system has been shaping up, the selling off of the assets, the draft picks, the deals that have been being made, the flips, you know, what's been happening, the growth then of the talent. And here in the middle of year three, the frustration is just in me. It, it is. Yeah. It is in a lot of Sox fans. Right. I hear it. You know, talking to Sox fans, family, friends. You know, on social media, it's just you want them to be there, especially after the first half. So now I have to, as a fan, I'm sure folks are doing this too. You 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 have to look in the mirror and you say, okay, as a fan, I just need to be appreciative of that first half. Yeah. I saw you know some pretty good baseball and two games under. Isn't really anything to write home about, but for this team, it was pretty good. And I just have to say, maybe next year we'll put three fourths of a season or maybe two halves together. We got one good half and we haven't had that in several years. Yeah. And I think you will look back and and you'll, it'll be a tale of two teams when you, when you look at, at the, you know, pre and post all-star break. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I would say, Hey, a little, little bit of credit to us. We said that that chunk of games right around the all-star break was going to define this team season one way or the other. And, you know, unfortunately it went for the negative. And now what will be interesting to watch is, is does the real slide begin now? Mm -hmm. You know, is, is, is this where you do dip back 10, 15 games under 500 mm-hmm. and really you get into the dog days. And if that's the case, this team has young players mm-hmm. that should be up here right. learning how yeah. to play yeah. at the major league level. Yeah. And that didn't happen last year as much as it should. Correct. And and it needs to happen this year because there are yeah. guys that we know are going to be on this team 
next year, two years from now, yeah. when they win a World Series, and they should be playing now. They should. And Cease is one of those guys that I'm 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 happy he's up here. His his numbers are are, are pretty rough. You know, I was at the Friday game, and he just he looked. He just didn't look comfortable. Um, he couldn't find the zone, you know, putting guys on base. And when you put guys on base against Minnesota, they're one pitch away oh from, God. you know, putting four on you for a long ball. And they can do it. They're the I best in baseball. I don't want to see Nelson Cruz again unless he's wearing a Chicago White Sox uniform well, and, buddy, and, and being the D guy. I'm going to tell you, he could have. Oh, he man. was a free agent. I mean, he was a guy that the Sox yeah. could have brought in. Oh. God, you know, I mean, he's murdering the ball, and that's like good on the Twins for taking a flyer on yeah. that guy. It was probably more than a flyer, you know. He's in, the, he, you know, he's in the back nine of his career. But come on, you know. Before we get to DH, because it I frustrates know, you're, you're, you're me itching, to know. You're itching and again. <laughs> I, I do want to go over a couple of numbers that yes, I found yeah. that that I thought were yeah. interesting. I just want to get your reaction, and maybe yeah. even we can compare them to the. Twins or the Indians numbers in the same categories because those are clearly the teams in front of us and clearly hey if somebody says who do you want to look like next year it's the Twins well, yeah. for sure yeah. right so um, on MLB.com if you go to where they have the standings there's a couple of different tabs that you can select and one is advanced and they've got some pretty cool numbers in here and so I just thought maybe get your reaction yeah. on on some sure. of the White Sox numbers in these categories so in extra inning games they're three and one and in one run games they're 11 and nine so when they stay close mm -hmm. they're they can be competitive yeah so that kind of supports what we were talking about before but if you get tagged out to a five yeah. six nothing deficit right out of the gate forget about it yeah now day games versus night games their record is is pretty different they're 17 and 30 in day games hmm. and they're 29 and 27 under the lights. Yeah. So now they played a lot of day games early in the season, right? They did. Yeah. In, in April. And uh, that was a major chunk of their, of their schedule. So I, I don't, but if you go night game to day game, I think that's where you see the suffer. You, yeah. you see, you know, this, you see the fatigue, right. uh, especially if it's, if it's a travel, if you're having to travel at all, the day-to-day, -day, it shouldn't make a big difference. You yeah. know? Um, and again, there's no secret that the numbers in these same categories for a good team are, are obviously going to be better. But I just yeah. thought just yeah. some interesting things in here. Against yeah. the Central Division, they're, they're at 500, 23 and 23. They played their division hmm. pretty, yeah. pretty tough. Yeah, that's not bad, but uh, you've got to beat up your division, man, yeah. if, if you want this to change well, next year. Absolutely, especially if you're gonna. They're three under against the East and um, five under against the West. Four and nine against the West teams. Fifteen and eighteen against the East, and they're four and seven in in interleague. So yeah, mm -hmm. you really, it's yeah. it's nice to be five hundred in your division, yeah. but you that's where you which has clean changed. Up. I mean, we used you know in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen that that wasn't the case, and we'll see what the rest of the season. Uh, how that shapes up, but you, man, I I want to see that winning record in in the division. Absolutely, it's going to change next right. year. I know it is, but you know, you you want to set yourself up for success with a nice foundation. One uh, other stat I thought was interesting, and it goes to their record versus pitchers against left-handed starting pitchers. They are eighteen and seventeen against right-handed starting pitchers. They're twenty-eight and forty. Yeah. So lack of a left-handed bat. You know, yeah. I mean, the lack of a uh, well. I mean, we've got a, a few left-handed bats, but 
I'm talking about, you know, having a balanced lineup or having some power left-handed bats um, you throw in there against a righty pitcher. <sighs> but, I mean, even, like, you know, going back to that Royals series where you dropped yeah. four in a row, if you, if you had taken three, three of those four, you'd have a winning record against your division. You'd be that much closer to, to, to 500, you know? So yeah. it is, like, we've got some bottom feeders below us right, in this right. division. Oh, yeah. Kansas yeah. City and Detroit. Detroit, yeah. holy cow. Yeah. The bottom has really yeah. fallen out there. Yeah. And Four we're going to be seeing them soon. Yeah. yeah. And so to me, even knowing that this team isn't there yet, we know that. Mm-hmm. We've acknowledged yeah. that. That is, they're, they're better than they were. They're not there yet. Even where they're at, you got to win those games. Yeah. You got to win those Kansas City games. Mm-hmm. You got to win those Detroit games. When mm-hmm. Baltimore comes to town, especially when they come to your stadium, it's another, it's another thing maybe on the yeah. road, but you got to beat up on bottom feeders. Yeah. Or you at least got to split. You got to split I mean, or it, win those series. It separates the good teams from the great teams. I mean, there's a lot of things that separate good teams from great teams. But, you know, when we had successful Sox teams in the last, you know, 15, 20 years, they beat up on bad teams, especially in our division. No mercy, foot on right. throat, you know, gobbling up the wins, yeah, man. You have to. You, yeah. you just, you, you have to. And so I, 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 I think you made a great point. You've got to, you got to win those division games. And I look at, I look at some of those games against Detroit and Kansas City. And I think there's your difference between, between having mm-hmm. a, a winning record, actually, I'd, I'd love to look up the splits because I feel like they've done okay against. Um, the, they haven't done great against the Twins, but they've won some games against the Twins. And they've, they've won some games, but you know, Sox have traditionally, as long as I've been watching this team, they've always been a team that just rises to, to a competition and they'll play down to a competition. Right. But right. if they're having a successful year and it's a competitive team, a playoff-bound team, 2005, 2008. They do not fall down to their competition. They will beat up on on, on a lesser opponent. You know. Yeah. Um, you know. Speaking of change, uh, we're. I mean, we're on the eve here of the trade deadline, uh, July thirty first at three p.m. as uh, the trade deadline, Major League Baseball one deadline, and and really there's been nothing happening. I mean, a few small deals. So, you, know, you know, some situational arms moving here and there. Uh, you know, Marcus Stroman was the big was the big one this weekend uh, going to the Mets. Uh, you know, the Sox look like they're going to stay. I mean, you, you hear some teams, you know, kicking the tires on Colome and Bummer. But I, I, I really think the Sox are choosing. You know, we, we talked about the three paths of this season going. And I think I think the Sox brass, the organization is taking the path of Let's just celebrate where we are right now. You know, we're, we're better off than we were last year, and we're definitely better off than we were two years ago. We're celebrating the growth and guys like Anderson and Mancada and Giolito. You know, we've got the hype on Eloy, and, you know, Lopez is showing us some things. You know, we're hoping Kopech will come back strong, and, and Cease has a blueprint for the offseason. We don't need to do anything rash. You is know? that enough? Is that enough if there's a deal to be made that would make this team better next year? There are deals that can be made. I mean, you can go out and get Baumgartner. You can you can blow the, the Giants away. But do you really want to do that? But isn't that what you talk about, that 04 to 05? Yeah. 
team picking yeah. up Garcia at the end. But Baumgartner would have to agree. Would he? He would have to agree to an extension. That's what I'm concerned. I understand, you know, I, and, and I agree with you. Maybe there isn't a deal out there, but I don't like. And I know you're you're framing it this way. They haven't said this, but I don't like the framing of the idea that let's just be happy that we're better. And we think we're going to be better next year, so we're going to stand pat. It's, it's to strange. me, Colum A is is the piece. He is but, the but piece he, now. You're I, I, out I, of it. You're not going to need a closer. I, I I agree. It's just that we have that year control on him next year. You know, and unless we're getting wowed by by ready talent, you know, uh, someone to put in that starting pitching rotation. Um, you know, maybe a bat, some proven talent. I, I don't want an A ball guy. I don't want some project. Yeah, but I don't think that's know. what's out there. I mean, who? Uh, the last rumor that we were talking about was what? What did we hear that Philly was interested in? Philly's in, in, looking in at Colome. And and who are they? I mean, usually what you hear is you hear the other side who who they want. You don't yeah, necessarily I, necessarily hear who they're who they're looking at. I, it'd be interesting to know what pieces you'll never know yeah i mean you'll almost never know you'll you almost never know and even if it's a it's a dead deal you'll never know like oh this is this is what would have happened you know that stuff gets kept so quiet um you know bummer is another guy you know that he's 25 years old i think the socks are really high on him you know he's shown flashes of, of something that could be um really nice as a as a situational uh, pitcher, so I, I again, I think you need to be wowed. Um, it's weird, you know. The Sox for the last few years have have sold off assets. You know, I, I think about when the Sox packaged, uh, you know, Robertson and and, and Frazier and and Canely to the to the Yankees, and we got back a guy in in, in Blake Rutherford, who we haven't seen yet at the big league yeah. level, and yeah. I don't know if he's really panning out at the speed which folks hoped and but he was he was a he was a touted prospect in the Yankees system you know right. and right. We're, we're just not there anymore though we're we're knocking on the door of being really competitive in this division for sure in 2020 and 2021 I'm, I'm, I'm hoping definitely in, in the AL so it's got to be something that that is really going to blow you away and, and better the team almost immediately uh, looking at what you're going into for 2020. So all, all that for nothing, really. Uh, do I care? You know, a lot of people are saying this is such a boring, you know, free agency. It was a boring winter meeting, hot stove. Uh, what, you know, I, I, hey, if, if teams don't want to make deals, teams don't want to make deals. Maybe more, maybe more, maybe get rid of that second wild card. Well, that's, I was going to say, I mean, if I, I think the trading piece at least at the deadline is a function of many teams believing that they're that they're still in it and so which is exciting yeah i, I mean, think that's yeah. in the long run i would rather the the league and the games be more exciting than the than the trade deadline deals be exciting i agree but on the flip side at the in the off season if you want your if you yeah. want your league to have the interest of an nfl or an nba you've got to have movement in your off season and the fact that two of your most exciting free agents didn't get signed until, you know, right, halfway right. or almost halfway right. through the season. To right. me, that's a problem. Well, if you were one of the teams though, it was, I mean, we built probably eight episodes on just what the, what the latest, how the wind was blowing on Machado and Harper, <laughs> you know, teams that weren't even being mentioned. Still Boy, that was icy. Podcasting of all time. <laughs> go that back and re-listen uh, to those early episodes. That'll go down in, uh, 
in history. Yeah. Send those to the Radio Hall of Fame. Um, all right. One guy that's being talked about from the Indians is Trevor Bauer. And uh, this guy is a nut job. He really is. I, he has got a temper yeah, fill on me him. in. He's got a temper I on him. this. A few days ago, he gets pulled from a game, and Francona <laughs> starts walking out you know, to the mound. Yeah. Bauer takes the ball, turns around and launches oh. it over <laughs> the center field wall. I saw that, but I saw it devoid of context. So I didn't know what was going on. I saw it. I saw it. in just like thought a, he completely lost well, his mind. I just mind saw it in like a series of this happened, this happened, oh, okay. this happened. I didn't hear one. Oh. I didn't know. That. Oh my God. And if, okay. So then the camera pans on the interaction between Bauer and Francona and Francona is just, you know, you know, lacing up and down, you know, what, what the F are you doing? Right, right, you right. lost your mind. Wow. So it, it's taken a few days or a day or whatever to get some soundbite from Bauer on like his, you know, for this to kind of explode and, and what, uh, you know, his rationale was. And, you know, he, you know, he, he apologizes kind of, but then he's like, nobody got hurt. So we're kind of all good. Like that's his rationale. Like I can be as nuts as I want, but as long as nobody gets hurt, right. like I'm going to continue right. to be nuts. <laughs> I mean, this guy pulls something in his arm or in his right, lap right. or you trying know, to throw the ball all the over way the, the side. I've never seen this. I have seen pitchers chew out managers, right. you know, with a glove over their face. I've seen, I have seen all. I've seen the ball spiked on the mound out of defiance. I have never seen a grown man, a pitcher, turn around and launch the ball over the center field wall. What was the guy who said the thing to Bumgardner? If you want to go get it, go, oh, go if ahead. you don't go, like it, go. go fetch it out of the water. <laughs> Maybe that's what Bauer was thinking too. He's uh... a nut, man. He. And he, you so know, what did, what did did they suspend him or? or? I mean, it's a, it's got to be an, a team issue. Yeah, how uh, do you how do you just be like, well, okay, there's a bunch of baseballs over there. I well, guess what it's it reminds fine. me of is when sales started cutting jerseys yeah, up. It's right, kind of like right. you know, I I don't know how else to get myself out of Cleveland, so I'm just going to launch the ball. Look like I've gone completely insane. And you will you will deal me. But why? But I don't know why you would want to. They're right in the thick of this thing. They are two games behind the Twins. They're they're right there. You know. I mean, I get maybe yeah, long term overall, but Cleveland has been relatively competitive uh, on and off over the over the past few years. But I, I mean, talking to Indian fans, you know, and I've got a few that you know. I mean, I get it. I mean, they're like Indians. They're man. Their organization is just. Once this window's closed and it's probably going to be happening, you know, at, at the end of this year, they're not spending any money, man. I mean, they're going to let Lindor walk. Uh, you know, if they could get some guys, if they can get, you know, if they could really sell high with Bauer and, you know, he's a quality pitcher, I think they're going to do it. I, I really do. Hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, you have to also look. Like you might be able to sneak up and catch the Twins, but you have to look at the other teams in the AL. Are they are are the Indians going to actually be competitive with the Astros? Yeah. Are, are the uh, Indians yeah. actually going to be competitive with the Yankees if they get into a, a playoff? Maybe I guess well, any team can win any series, but yeah. But I mean, you could almost. I mean, this isn't this is baseball. It's not like the. NBA where you got the Golden State Warriors and and everybody else, you know, yeah. I mean, even though the Dodgers have looked like that for the most part, there's not much, I mean, the, 
The Braves are only a few games behind the Dodgers. Houston's just as good as 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 the Dodgers are, and and, and the Yankees are right up there too. I mean, you've got a legitimate. I think this is going to be some really good. Uh, ba- uh, There's some exciting races, baseball. and you know the NL Central. You don't have to look farther than that, oh, and that's yeah. one of the teams that is rumored about Bauer. The Reds are, are sniffing around uh, uh, Bauer and. Talk about the Reds, man. I mean, that's that Central's fascinating. That might be it's, one of the more fascinating divisions in a long time. I feel like maybe the West was that way. Fascinating and a few frustrating, years ago. If you, oh, depending on which fans yeah. you ask. Right. Yeah. yeah, you got the Cubs and Cardinals and Milwaukee all just sort of beating up on each other yeah. and uh, survival of the fittest, yeah. man. It really is. Uh, all right. Well, we have some we have some welcome backs and we have some goodbyes. Um, Eloy Jimenez came back to the Sox, yeah. uh, your boy, um, and he uh, went right into the designated hitter position, as we kind of talked, talked about. As we talked about, yeah. As we talked about. Which I think is is very smart. And he uh, he went 0 for 3 on his first game back. <laughs> I hate that idea. Put him back out in the field. Well, they threw him back in DH tonight, this game one of the Mets series, back at DH. John Jay Okay, but if uh, every DH that has been there in the past however many years oh, he's man. the only one that i feel like might actually be able to do something there let sorry me, i didn't mean no, to jump I, but you, no but... let me uh welcome back a few people and say goodbye to people and then i want to get to our dh black hole um good to see eloy back i think maybe a little bit ahead of schedule um he needs to get those swings in. i yeah. think the swings are more yep. important than yep. than working on the outfield um i don't know if I necessarily want him as a long-term DH, but when I read you some of the names in a little bit, you might say, yeah, might as well just keep him at DH. We got at least somebody there. Uh, Anderson's back tonight. This uh, first game uh, back from his ankle issue. Um, He's resuming the quest for that error uh, title. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's also, I mean, he's fourth in the AL with a 317 average still. It'd be nice to see him pick up where he, where he left they off. Miss they, 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 they miss his offense. They miss his personality. Sure. Um, you know, he said something about he's going to have even more fun now, which I, I mean. It'd be hard to do, but. What I want to see is a um, after you flip the bat when you know when he does his home run, he's you know because if he's going to be having more fun, he's going to be jacking that bat up in the air like you know like we say a conductor at a uh, Thanksgiving Day parade, just batoning it. <laughs> Rip off the batting gloves too and just toss those up Absolutely. in the air. You know, just if he a batting stand, glove flip. Maybe he could stand out in the outfield and try to hit one of Bauer's uh, pitches. <laughs> pitches. Well, out he of hit the Bauer, park. man. Yeah. They, They've been chippy at each other. It's good to see Anderson back. Uh, you know, he eight for twenty three and at Charlotte, one home run, four RBIs. Um, I'm sure he'll be tentative on the ankle in terms of stolen bases and running, but um, just keep an eye. We're going to keep an eye on him. You know, keep an eye on his range, and uh, I, I just want to see that bat. I, I just want to see the confidence. You know, th- these these last two months of the season, the dude's twenty six years old. I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of baseball left, and I'm rooting for this guy. He's got to shore up the defense, but I'm rooting for this guy. We need his offense, and, and I do love his spirit. Um, and they call it Carson Falmer they brought back up. This is his fourth stint with the Sox this season. This guy has been Charlotte, Chicago, Charlotte, Chicago. Um, they're giving him another shot. Uh, you know, one and one with a 6-3-2 ERA in his four stints. Uh, 12 appearances, um, playing mainly relief uh, for the Sox, and uh, 22 relief appearances with Charlotte. Do you watch Fulmer closely at all? I mean, you, I mean, this guy, 
He's got kind of a herky-jerky motion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Heralded pitcher out of uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, I feel like he's got the stuff. It's all between his ears. Uh, and, and just his confidence isn't there. I, I don't know how many more shots we're going to give for this guy. I yeah. just don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's only 25. I don't want to like give up on this guy. I think he should end his baseball career. But isn't there a quick like some of these prospects these these guys that are high draft picks you either got it or you don't yeah yeah for sure for sure i, mean, I and, don't want to be quick to judge but come on buddy and and what are i mean what what role do you think ultimately they see him playing is middle relief a setup yeah, guy yeah. I, I that's what i see i don't see him starting I, we tried it there's something going on mentally. Maybe he needs to do some kind of offensive cleanse like Giolito did. You know, where it's like this neuro uh, thing. I didn't even Cease plays around with this. It's a mental thing. They're working on the mentality yeah. of the game in the offseason. And I think he needs to do some serious work. Well, I'm, I'm Again, another guy I'm rooting for. But I, I just haven't seen anything promising. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So some goodbyes here. Uh Ryan Cordell, uh, kind of hardly even knew you. Uh, 234, five home runs, 18 RBIs in 69 games. Um, serviceable outfield, I thought. You know, he, he would make some plays every now and then. But, uh, you know, he's not a long-term solution. No. I mean, he's no. not, you know. Uh, and then the guy I was, you know, he this guy that they Sox finally just sent down, and I hope he stays down there for a while, <laughs> is Dylan Covey. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, this That's guy, enough of that. I, I'm really, I'm done. You know, Yonder, uh, Irvin Santana, Despagne, those were great DFAs. Get those out of my life. <laughs> Dylan Covey keeps coming back up. And then they say, get out of here. Get out of here, spirit. Yeah. Uh, you know, five, he, he gave up five runs like that right. in the first inning of Sunday's blowout. And that's what we're talking about. When the Sox pitching just you know gives up six or seven in the first three innings the offense just can't come back yeah they he's just, they, they yeah. deflated yeah he's had a real real bad start to this season and kind of picked up where he left off last year too and and nothing looks a whole lot different than it did before so yeah, and he's not the only one. I'm not putting this all on Covey, but another guy that I think has the talent, he just can't figure it out, and he'll be the first one to admit it. I'm just not getting the job done. Yeah. You know, I'm not hitting my spots. He's got the velocity. You know, he, he just he's not hitting his space, missing it, and, and you can't do that at the major league level. You might get away with it in Charlotte for a while, you might. You might fool some people, but you get figured out quickly. Yeah. Up in absolutely. the big leagues. So before we do DH, yeah. can I circle back to I, I found some numbers yeah. while I was looking. Yeah. And so on baseball reference, they have a blowouts stat. Yeah. All, All right. right. They consider a blowout five plus runs. Okay. 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 Um, All and right. and so the White Sox split on blowouts this year. They're 10 and 22. Jeez. Wow. And the run differential runs scored 133, runs against 239. Boy. Man. <laughs> and so now here's What do you say? Here's the other thing. They they got they got a month by month split on on records and and run differential. You know, and and clearly they were they were real close to 500 through April. 
Uh, May, they, they had a winning record in May, 16 and 15. But even in May, their run differential was a 117 scored 146 against so mm-hmm. almost like a 30 30, yeah. 30 when they lost they lost big yes and so yeah. but they they won enough games right. close correct yeah. now june a, a 27 a minus 27 on run differential 11 and 13 july is what what what's really hurt them you yeah. know 7 and 15 in july and 78 runs scored to 122 runs against. You know, well, you're just not going to No. You're, you're you're not going to win a lot of games that way. They've missed Anderson and and Eloy the, the offense. They really missed those guys and uh you know and, and here we go the zero production from DH. Right. Yes. Yes. I mean, you, Let's uh, get to it. This, I'm this ready. whole DH thing that we're about to talk about came really from you and and folks let me let me just interrupt really quick. Currently the Sox are getting no hit against Cindergard. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in the fifth inning, yeah. um, and and the new Lopez has reverted to the old Lopez. He's, he's given, only given up one, but yeah, but five hits. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, all right. So you you had texted me, Jeff, um, uh, a couple day a couple games ago, and you just basically were like, "When was the last time?" <laughs> you you obviously remember it probably better since you were the one that texted it. But when was the last time the Sox had a serviceable D, a yeah. more than serviceable DH? Because I just feel like. We've over the past three or four years, for sure, it's been like DHs that Freaking can't hit their own door, weight, I'm or you. it's who's who's there now, and it really <laughs> it really felt in stark contrast when you see what Nelson Cruz was doing yeah. against them, or you watch yeah. other teams yeah. DHs, or yeah. or you look at a National League team who's got a guy that really shouldn't be in the field yeah. and he's, you know, Schwarber. Hitting, yeah. Schwarber, yes. That's Schwarber. the guy. You can say his name. You can say his name on the podcast. That's, <laughs> that's fine. That's one of the guys about. I had him in yeah. mind, but there's more than that, right? It's yeah. just like, how can you be an American league team in a, I would say, you know, guaranteed rate is hittable. A, 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 not, yeah. It may not be one of the most friendly hitter, yeah. uh, hitter friendly ballparks in the league, but it's, it's friendly yeah. enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you how do you not? How do you consistently not have a real DH over? And then when you and I started talking, oh, and then we started goodness. looking. Oh, it's my not. Goodness. It's not like a two-year problem right. or a three-year problem. It's a ten-year yeah. problem. Ten-year plus, at best. really. I mean, and, and 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 when you start going through the names, you're going to be like, "That's the last guy yeah. who was a good DH." Yeah. You won't believe it. These are Hall yeah. of Fame names. Yeah. And speaking of Hall of Fame, I mean, that's another reason why we get into this with Baines and Martinez going in this past Sunday. The DH is a hot topic, and you and know, it's not going away. It's it, it at at the at the most likely there's going to be a right. DH in the in the NL at some point. So this year, uh, 2019, uh, there's been 11 players that have uh, hit DH for the Sox. Uh, Yonder Alonso started yeah, on opening day. Don't mention day. him anymore either. Well, I mean, he had 42 uh, games as DH, and he hit 178, slugged 301. He's gone. He's doing something else with another team. Um Abreu, 24 games. He's probably been, obviously, our, our, our best go-to DH over the last few years, especially this season. Uh, A.J. Reed, Tim Anderson played a game at DH. Wellington Castillo, who's just, he's garbage. I want him gone. Um, you're getting real, you're just getting real angry, Nick, right now. I'm sorry when I start talking DH. Zach Collins played three games. John Jay had this a couple games at DH. all the same year? All the same year. Uh, McCann, eight games DH. 
your guy, Polka, uh, three no, no, games. No, no, yeah, no, no, your, your guy, no. uh, the home run king of Chicago, Daniel Polka, <laughs> three games at DH. Jose Rondon. Just <laughs> a wellness check. No, I meant on his home runs. I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> Jose Rondon, who's out of here. He's in Baltimore. They picked him up. He was, uh, for six games, we hit him at DH. And now Jimenez is in his third game tonight in DH. 11 players. I mean, that's just a shuffle that needs to stop. Yeah. You need a guy. You need to get a guy. We'll talk about this more towards the end of the season, what the offseason looks like. But you need to get a guy uh, in DH. You All know. right. Now, now read, the, oh, dear Lord. read the frightening list. Now, I've got a list of the last last 20 years. Okay, this is the last 20 years, and we're but talking just read about... the last 10 years. Okay, last 10 years, and these are opening day DHs. Okay, so yes. these are these are what the sacks threw out there uh, on opening day. Um, all right, where are we at here? All right, so Jim Tomey, 2009. Okay, that was his last year. Yeah, uh, this DH, is where it starts getting... Which bad. was his last year of four straight years. Okay, right. so we had some consistency. 2010, Mark Kotze. Huh? <laughs> Who? Exactly. 2011 <laughs> to 2014, uh, you had Adam Dunn. Uh, Just gross. Awful. Uh, gross. Awful um, during that time. 2015, Adam LaRoche. No, thank you. Drake is a leader. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 2016, Avicel Garcia. Okay. 2017. Yeah, but he didn't have a great year there. He, he had the. It could have been his All Star year. No, you it wasn't. Me. I looked. I'm gonna look right now. Keep going. You're saying twenty. This. You're saying 2017 was his All Star year. 2016. 2016. We're still giving him a shot, Garcia. Okay, but I'm telling you, he did. He he was not that great in the DH role. I'm, I'm not saying you. You know, I just want to be not serviceable. 2017. Cody Ashy. Who? Cody. <laughs> Ashy. Who? Exactly. He could have been, you know, he's working some. He's probably have. He's got a great career as a car salesman somewhere at CarMax, or he's got a great insurance company. But I've not heard of him since 2018. Matt Davidson. Okay, he had a, you know, he had a year and a half, maybe a year of pretty productive baseball, and then you get to Yonder Alonso in 2019. I mean, that's a rough list. That is a rough list. Um, 2017. 2017 was his all-star. Okay, year. 2016 was when he DH'd. Yeah. And he had 63 appearances at DH, and um, his numbers in 2016 were as follows. Uh, uh, spoiler, not good. Um, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, I mean... He hit 245 with... 12 home runs. That sounds about and right. 51 RBIs. That sounds about right. And uh, that's not the DH I want. It's a ridiculous list. Cody Ashy. Yeah. What the? <laughs> I mean, who are these guys? I mean, that was year one of the rebuild, so I kind of understand that. But by year three, you thought you would have a consistent guy or maybe a couple. I mean, 11 players hitting DH this year. And we're not done yet. That number's going to expand. I mean, the last 20 years, okay, the last 20 years, you had Thomas, Tomey, and Dunn. The three of those guys DH'd for 13 years. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, that, that's not a bad number. Three guys for 13 years is your consistent DH. We've had 11 in one year. Cody Ashey DH'd for five games, or no, for 19 games in, yeah. in 2017, and he batted 105. 105. <laughs> 105. With 21 strikeouts. And, well, he had one home run, which is more than Paul has had this year. So. Yeah, oh, boy. There you go. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, God. Uh, so, so, okay. So what does this all you, mean, right? Okay, so do you just say, like, for, for the last three years, we're not going to win anyway, so, you know, who cares who, who the DH is? Fine. But 15, they were trying to win. Yeah. 14, 13, 12, 11, they sure as hell were trying to win when they foisted Adam Dunn on everybody. So... Well, I mean, so, look at, well, the, the Adam Dunn deal is the Adam Dunn deal. I, I mean, we, that's a whole podcast series on how bad that was. <laughs> Good but, guys talk done. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Um, you're going to have to find a different co-host because I don't think I could stomach <laughs> okay. that for that series. They did what they thought they should do. And Dunn's numbers were pretty good. And then he came to the Sox and he turned into a, just a bomb. But you, you, if you treat the DH as a position, and now you're getting folks that are in the Hall of Fame as a DH, well, then you have to recruit it as a position. You need to go after it as a sought-after yeah. off-season move. That's what they did with Dunn. You know, he right. played some first right. base. But, you know, is that a scouting situation? Is that an organizational blind spot in the Sox brass where they do not – you know, in terms of uh, talent around Major League Baseball for free agency or for trades, are they just doing a poor job at identifying quality DH? Yeah. You know, it, you don't want a revolving door. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like other teams are having this sort of issue at that position, at least at least not the good teams. So may, of course. Maybe, it's, maybe it's purely a function of not, of of this not being an issue because they're not good enough yet for it to be an issue, but eventually they will be. It has to and be. And they're going to need to solve that problem. And, and you don't want it just the, the last few years. And even in those years when they were trying to be competitive, it felt like it, it they were stuck with done, but after mm-hmm. done, it kind of felt like it was, it was the last. Position, yeah. No, we'll you know, figure that out. Yeah. yeah. Some, someone will come alive in spring training and, and just grab the position. That can't be the way. It wasn't to purposeful. Do it. Yeah, it's. They did be not purposeful. set the lineup for success, and that's what I'm looking for. Yep. You know, moving forward. Uh, for sure. You know, I'm not saying draft the DH. You know, out of college, but that might if that eventually might happen. Yeah, but but you don't need to do that. You're you're in my mind. Who's the guy that they just drafted? That's lighting Vaughn. up uh, Vaughn. Who's who's a first base? Yeah, yeah, he's so coming. He's at coming. some point, you're gonna have Vaughn, Abreu, and and Eloy, and between those three, you're gonna you should be able to position out in either. I hear have, you, guy. I hear you. Know? you. Uh, you know, and 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 if and if you had it my way. Uh, Vaughn would be playing first base next year. I just don't think he's ready. And then Abreu would be your DH, just yeah, your DH. Either way, or or have Vaughn DH. If, if Abreu's still at the top of his game in terms of fielding and hitting, let yeah. him stay out there. Let Vaughn DH, and then they can make the transition. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you look at Abreu's numbers. You know, he does not like to DH solely. You know, I, I and I know it's a. You know, it could screw with players' mind when they go from a, a positional player to just being a DH. 
it takes time to get to the spot where, you know, you know, Thomas was or Ortiz. And those are the folks that are doing it at the top of their game. Right. Uh, Tommy, you know, it, it, if, if you can make the transition, it does take some time. But once you get in the mindset of I am a DH, you know, this is my job. I'm not out in the field. Um, it's an asset to your team. And, yeah. and you, you, that, that's a position that needs to be crafted when you're making a lineup out this offseason. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but that's just where the frustration is right now here, you know, in the middle of, of year three. Um, coming up uh, for the Sox, moving forward, uh, it's a three-game series here with the Mets. Uh, tomorrow it's Giolito, and then they've got Cease. Um, and then they're going on the road uh, to Philadelphia and to Detroit, one of the teams that should really be beat up on. Yes. Um, Yes. So let's you know, get some let's get some wins and and let's let's get back in this thing. Or, or, or well, let's make it interesting. Let's make it interesting, yeah. and you know, uh, hopefully Anderson and and Mankata and Aloy can stay healthy, and we see Robber soon this season. Um, hey, I want to say thank you for this uh, T-shirt. Yeah. That 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 you yeah. got me. I'm going to post a yeah. picture of it on Absolutely. our Instagram yeah. page, which is which is brand new. So um, it said. Good guys, TBSOX, and you can follow us online. We'll post pictures yeah. when we go to the game, and I'll, I appreciate this. It was a it was a birthday gift, yeah, and it's late. a e- Eloy Jimenez yeah. uh, uh, jersey, mm-hmm. t shirt jersey. So I'm looking yeah. forward to sporting that at uh, at an upcoming game. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'll wear it on uh, on bobblehead. That, I was planning uh, for that. Night. I was planning for that. As Perfect. I as I told you, uh, the Daryl Boston uh, shirts were all sold out. <laughs> I know he's your he's your guy. Well, um, thank you. For very much yeah. and i i want to say one other thing and I, I know i know you're gonna you're gonna give a give the propers yeah. when you wrap up yeah. but um I, I just want to say that you know we're we're still a somewhat new podcast and rating the podcast in actually leaving reviews yeah, yeah. really really helps mm-hmm. especially if you're if you're following us on on apple podcasts right now i'm pretty sure that only Nick or his uh, close associates have that's not true. I I, I don't no. That's that is not true. No, those are generous reviews. Those are very nice reviews. I really appreciate it. We'd love to see some more. If you're enjoying it, it helps with uh, people following the cast. So, but you know, everybody who's commented, liked on all our different social media platforms. I know we got a lot of interaction going on yeah. on Twitter yep. and Nick Nick does the Twitter account. Yep. He does a great job. Yeah. So we really, really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, thanks for hanging out yeah. hanging out and hanging in with us. We yeah. are really enjoying doing this. Yeah, you've been if you've been with us uh, from the beginning, we really appreciate that. And if you're brand new, uh, welcome. Uh, pass it along. Uh, just trying to spread the good love of the socks. Uh, find us on Twitter at GoodGuysTB and like our Facebook page. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. Uh, for Jeff Julian, I am Nick Morowski. Go Sox.